This is Believing Buckeyes with Brian Brownie and Chindy Chekwa. We got a great one for you. We're coming off another big win. So we got some Ohio State football to discuss. We got the rest of the, 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 the schedule to discuss. But this show is always sponsored by Bet Online. Chim, go ahead and hit them with the ad. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Yes, and if you have any issues with gambling, always feel free to reach out to 1-800-GAMBLER. They're 24-7 to help you if you need a little assistance in the matter to get things under control. But like I said, we're here to talk about Ohio State football. We had a big win uh, this weekend. We had the Maryland Turks come into town. They was 5-0. They was feeling really good being led yep. by Coach Mike Loxley, who's uh, been he's – a, he's a Maryland guy. He's been looking for that signature win in the Big Ten – was trying to get it this weekend against Ohio State, but it did not happen. Ohio State won that game 37-17. to 17. And um, obviously you had some ups and downs, a little rocky start, but we won by 20. So, yeah. Yeah, 20-point win. I mean, if you go – if you before the game, if you say, okay, Ohio State, Big Ten opponent, uh, undefeated team, a team that's on the, on the rise, playing on the consistent rise. good football, if Ohio State was able to come out with that win at home by 20 points, cover the spread, you take it, right? Yeah. You, you take it. However, I mean, there's <laughs> been a lot of, you know, discussion about, as as there always is, really, but a lot of discussion about, is this team really um, playing up to what we expect them to play um, to? And they really, they came out and started off slow. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. They started off slow, and it didn't really look like the team that um, we were expecting, and they really gave Maryland an opportunity to take control of the game and potentially come out with the victory. Yeah, I mean, so at halftime, we at halftime is ten ten, and if you you know if you're not watching the game, you see ten ten, like oh, not a big deal. Ohio State, I yeah. made it start off slow, but it's not a big deal. But if you watch the game, our offense was pretty bad the first half. I mean, we couldn't get anything going. Um, just really just flatten out. I think we before the half, we were able to get a field goal. Uh, to get three points up on the board. But the only touchdown that came in the first half came from our defense, which has really been – I mean, they've been playing lights out, to be frank. I mean, they've been they've been giving us some stuff maybe early in some of these games. Obviously, maybe something a little late against Notre Dame. But when it comes down to it, they have been the anchor of the team to kind of keep things steady while our offense kind of try to try to figure things out. So, in the first half, Josh Practor comes up big. Once again, he had a huge game. Uh, but the biggest play of the day was his pick six – uh, interception, touchdown in the first half, especially at a point in that game where Maryland was feeling really good. They had already had yeah. seven points. Uh, I think they're seven or ten. I don't know if they had their ten or not, but they was driving. They was feeling really good about themselves, and our defense stepped up big to kind of, once again, just keep us in the game. Yeah, that was a, a huge play in a time when uh, Maryland had most of the momentum. I was at the game. I was at the game. Yeah, okay. um, the crowd in the horseshoe. Was, okay. In the horseshoe. I don't go to many games. The crowd was not on their feet much, right? It was, I mean, it was at a time in the game where there wasn't much going, crowd wasn't much into it. And, you know, his ability to 
pick off um, that pass and then create points from it as well, which was huge given that the offense wasn't really creating points in their own right. So that was a, that was a, a huge play, a much needed play to really get the team going and keep them in the game um, and get to that 10-10 uh, at half. But the offense started off slow. You know, I thought they did a little bit in the run game early in the game. Um, not not that much throughout the entire game, but a little bit early. I thought the pass game was just really bad uh, early on. I thought um, McCord didn't play well at all in that first half. Uh, some he didn't do a good job working the pocket. I thought he had some clean pockets here and there, um, but just couldn't couldn't process what the defense was giving him. Identify the guy to throw the ball to and, and take advantage of uh, how Maryland was playing. And Maryland played a very very conservative um, defense. I yeah. thought, um, and it worked, right? It was mm-hmm. just like, you know, they dropped a lot of guys, really played a lot of pass. We couldn't really take a lot of it. We didn't take advantage of it in the run game that much um, and struggled to get anything going offensively, for real. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. in this game, like you said, I mean, it's really to the T. I mean, running the ball, we kind of looked at the stats. Like, the numbers was kind of consistent, but, you know, a lot of times in the Coach Day's offense, you know, it's almost he run the ball for a big play. So, when you start seeing – five, six, seven-yard games. For whatever reason, we tend to kind of go away from that. You know, we just don't keep taking those games. And this was one of those games where we did that. Um, once again, McCorp was just – just frankly, just wasn't on. I mean, it was just a lot of incompletions, um, a lot of holding the ball and uh, seems like not making connection to receivers, throwing the ball in the dirt. Or maybe he had a guy open if he waited a little bit, you know, all that kind of stuff. But in general, the first half, the offense was not – in sync, I think we put together one drive. Like I said, we were able to get one field goal in the first half. But it was pretty ugly. But that's why you play two halves. <laughs> you play two halves. Uh, we were able to survive that first half, get to the halftime once again, 10 to 10. And then after things kind of woke up for the offense. Um, and overall, I mean, you know, McCourt ends today with a, essentially a career day in passing yards. He goes yeah. for 320 yards, uh, a couple touchdowns, two touchdowns. Um, I think he only had um, – he had a, a decent percentage. I want to say it was in the, around the 60 percentile and, and, uh, and passing completed. So, I mean, overall, finished a pretty solid day. But that first half, like we said, was, you know, it really uh, left the door open for a home green Maryland team that might be, maybe could have done a little bit more to kind of put Ohio State on its heels. Yeah, I thought they had a good game plan coming out in the second half. Um, being able to respond to how Maryland was playing them and, you know, Ryan did, did a good job of scheming them up, getting some guys free, getting some guys open. Maryland was sitting a lot in that cover four. Um, so they were, they were able to run some cover, cover four beaters, some, some um, you know, some um, throwbacks that mm-hmm. really had guys wide open. I honestly, you know, you mentioned Kyle McCoy had a career day, and I thought he had a, a, a solid second half. I don't think he played great. Like, <laughs> yeah. the, numbers, the numbers show that he did, but I don't think he played great. I thought – you know, some of those explosive plays that we saw, balls were a little bit late, right, mm-hmm. underthrown. Uh, we had one to Fleming that should have been an easy touchdown, but he had to – um, Great catch by Fleming on that great, one. Yep. Great catch. You had a, a deep post to Marvin Harrison that if he can catch and strike, even if he had to slow down for it, um, would have been like a 100-yard touchdown for real. Instead, he had to come to a complete stop and make the catch. So, you know, I thought the the, the scheme was good. But I thought we just need to be cleaner in the pass game. And I think it starts with the quarterback, to be honest. Yeah. But, but they were able to come out there and, you know, control the game and get the win and really extend that lead 
and control the game for the rest of the game in that second half. Yeah, so, I mean, when it comes down to it, like I said, I think, once again, start off with a slow start. Second, Our defense kept us in it. Second half, uh, Maryland jumps off to, I think, a, a 17-10 league, and then that's basically it. Our defense shuts them out for the rest of their game. And um, our defense has really been doing that. I mean, they've been playing kind of, I don't, don't want to say lights out, uh, but I, they've been playing just really well. I mean, and they, I know they had an emphasis this year on uh, the big play, right, not allowing yeah. the big play to take place, as we saw basically in the big games last year, as and also kind of showing his head in, you know, teams against, you know, lesser opponents, to say it like that, against Ohio State. You know, we, we'll play a good game de- defensively, but they still have like a 50-yard a bomb that they hit on us or something like that in the game. But this year it's like almost like none of that, right? Right? We're keeping guys in front of them. Our DBs are definitely, I would say, I, I mean, if you had to say someone was the, the strongest unit on the team, it's definitely our defensive backs, right? Our our, our our corners are sticking with receivers all over the field. Our safeties are active. Uh, Josh Proctor and the boys are active uh, in the passing game and also in the run game as well, flying around, making plays. And they definitely are, are, are the leader of, of the team. And it's felt like they had the biggest challenge coming into the season. Like, they yeah. was like one of, the, yeah. one of the biggest question marks, especially uh, when we talk about the big plays that happened last year and how the season ended. And, I mean, those guys, uh, they brought some guys in. Some guys are improved, but they have been playing basically this spectacular ball. And then on the offense side of things, like I say, start off slow and second half we figure it out. But the thing that, that stands out to me is why, you know, you a Maryland team is not able to come in here and, and shock the world and, you know, and get that big win against Ohio State is that we don't have any turnovers. I mean, McCord is, once again, we, we, we all could agree that he could have had a better first half. Yeah. Second half, he able to hit on some things, could have still did a little bit better, but he's not turning the ball over. He's not having interceptions. He's not pressing for things that's not there and, and throwing the ball to the other team when things are getting tight. Running the ball, like I said, we would like to see it more there. We would like to see a lot a lot more there when it comes to running the ball and controlling the line of scrimmage and things like that with our offensive line play. But when those guys get their chance, they're protecting the ball and they're not getting pinned on the ground, you know, turning little plays, uh, nothing for Ohio State to a big play for the defense. And, I mean, that's how you win games, and we are winning games with that fast. Yeah, and I don't want to be the, the, the negative guy here, but he we've we've done a good job this year of taking care of the football. That's a fact. Um, and that's part of the reason why we're winning these games. But there are some plays out there that, you know, <laughs> could have gone the other way. And every game we see a couple where guys get their hands on the ball. And I think the biggest thing, the reason I pointed out is because throwing those those balls a little bit late, a little bit behind, um, you know, not being able to identify how this play is developing and getting it out on time really can lead to some of those turnovers. And I think um, mm-hmm. I think that's the, the big thing for, for, for McCord is that he's got to continue to get a better feel for it. And as 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 the season goes on, you know, when you start off the season, you say this is a new quarterback. He's going to get better as the season progresses. The season is now progressing, right? You know, you've gone to the first quarter of the, of the year. You had a great um, you know, game-winning drive against Notre Dame, and you have a bye week, right? Mm-hmm. You're no longer a new quarterback, right? You're a vet at this point. <laughs> it's college. You only got so many years in, in college in general. So, you know, the, the more the season progresses, the closer, the more we got to identify, okay, where is his ceiling really at? Um, and I think that he has another big jump to make, and that will help them to, to continue to take care of the football, but also be able to convert third downs and start faster and make those plays. So 
Um, that's a big effort since I think for 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 Kyle is to really begin to you know better speed up that operation and better anticipate and identify guys as they come open. Um, and then we'll we'll see. We'll, I expect him to improve, so we'll see how he continues to progress. Yeah, and once again, this hats off to our defense going out there playing another stellar performance. Uh, Maryland's quarterback uh, was a little tour. He goes out there. He's only uh, what he has only 196 yards passing, uh, 21 of 41 for the day, one touchdown, two interceptions for a team that averages over 300 yard passing. Um, whenever you could do that, <laughs> and essentially, if you're looking at, I, I don't know if it's really plus minus, but essentially, they gave us 17 points, but the defense scored a touchdown themselves. So, since they only really gave up 10 points, whenever you could do that, I mean, you give yourself a chance to win. Uh, no matter how your offense is doing, and obviously our defense. Once again, this is this is like a silver bullet team yep. right now. That these guys are leading the way, and our offense is kind of following suit and figuring out what they could do to get into these games. But I mean, you know, obviously, you know, we're Ohio State fans, right? And, and, and you know, essentially, we're spoiled buttons, right. right? I think uh, if every year we at least in a, 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 a what we call used to call them BCS or you know one of those big bowl games. Uh, now, essentially, it's like every year we got to get to the playoffs. Whether we win a national championship or not, that's what is expected out of our fan base. And essentially, like, you know, we got a couple games coming up. Uh, we got Purdue this week. Next week is Penn State, which will be a big game. Uh, obviously, we got Michigan on the schedule as well. We got to go to Wisconsin. And I guess the question around, I guess, Buckeye Nation is starting to kind of come up is, is Ohio State, this team that we see, you know, with the, you know, sometimes the, let's say the, inconsistent play sometimes out of the quarterback position yeah. um, or off of the line issues where, you know, where I'm not going to say we're getting up a ton of pressures, but you're just basically not seeing a, a very dominant locked in locked on bunch when it comes to the guys up front, um, a defensive line that's not winning a lot of one-on-ones and making those big splash plays, pressures on the quarterbacks and sacks that things of that nature. You know, it's this team, the way they're currently playing, is this team really good enough? to win the Big Ten, win some of these big games coming up so we could get ourselves into the playoffs and contend for that national championship. And, I mean, the question's out there. I think it's a fair question on if we're going to see the improvements where we need to see them to win these big games. What are your thoughts? Yeah, we we may or may not see those improvements where we need to see them them at. But, yeah, we're definitely good enough. See, the, the thing about it is when you have a defense that's playing the way Ohio State's defense is playing, you're in every single game. And that's just that's just what it's going to be, and that's the beauty of playing great defense. Is that then we have a we have a, a terrible half, and it's ten ten, right? And you you put up points on the board as, as a defense. And shout out to, to Josh Proctor, man. I think he's been having. He's oh, one of the guys I've been, I've called out that I've been rooting for, because since his freshman year, I could see the talent off the charts to me. Um, and he had a you know a, a, a rocky career so far, injury. He got benched, uh, you know, that Oregon game a few years back, and he finally got his opportunity again. And the kid is balling out. Uh, one second. Let, let me shout out his stats just real quick. I mean, this guy, you know, he's in the safety position. So he has seven tackles on a day. He's in the safety position. He has one and a half tackles for loss, <laughs> right? So he's flying up the field, getting guys in the backfield. And then, obviously, he has the interception for the touchdown in the first half to keep Ohio State in it when we just need someone to make a play, he makes that play. And 
So yeah, go ahead. Let's let's get back to Josh. And, and and the reason I point him out though is because Ohio State has done a great job of eliminating one of the things that killed them last year was explosive play. They've done a great job of minimizing explosive plays. And Josh Proctor, there's there was a there was a run play uh, against Maryland where the running back broke, and it's it's him against the running back, and the running back is downhill, had ten yard head start. He makes a tackle. If he doesn't make that tackle. That's like a 70-yard touchdown. The 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 important now we now we'll never think about that play again because he made the tackle it was like a ten it was like 10 yards and nobody ever thinks about it. But that's a 70-yard touchdown play that could have happened, right? And it's that type of play, I think, keeping the top on the defense consistently, um, that allows for the offense to always be in the game and allows for us to work through some of these issues that we're talking about. Um and I think, yeah, they, they definitely they definitely have enough. To, to make a college football playoff, to win the Big Ten and all those things. But they're going to have to execute, and they're going to have to execute on offense, and they're going to need their guy, Kyle McCord, to make the plays that he's shown he can make, but to just do it consistently. Yeah, and, and, and when it's come down to, once again, like I say, I mean, and I say, I feel like some of this criticism is it's kind of, you know, once again, spoiled Buckeye fan talk, man, but some of it is, you know, real criticism. Man. And a lot of things that have been coming up, especially after this game against Maryland, is, you know, what's going on with the offensive line, right? So, I mean, essentially, and, and it's coming up, and I, I feel like it's coming up for a couple reasons, and we're going to, I'm going to kind of try to speak to this here, but it's coming up for one reason is, you know, in some in certain situations, you could tell that, you know, essentially up front, whoever is in the protection, whether it's just the off of the line, bottom sales, this those five, is it working with a running back or a tight end or something of that nature, that you just see a lot of confusion when it comes to, you know, second level defenders. So, I mean, essentially the guys up front usually are accounted for, you know, we take the guys that's up front and that's fine and Danny and that's always the start. But, you know, Teams are going to blitz. Teams are going to bring yeah. pressure. And you see certain situations that when these things come up that um, essentially they don't know what to do. So in this game here, I think uh, Maryland was uh, given, provided three sacks, but essentially they have four. Because one time, of course, they like, kind of get a yard, so it didn't really count as a sack. But essentially they kind of have three to four sacks this game, however you want to say it. And one of those pressures is Josh Simmons, our left tackle. He's kicking back. You see clear as that he's looking at the he's looking at the DN. He's block, about to block the tight end. I believe Chip was at the running back at the time. As in just one linebacker is blitzing. Let's say if you want to count the gaps, let's say the DN is in the C gap. So he's in the he's the he's the widest. Yeah. The, the linebacker is kind of hitting in the B gap. And you see Simmons kicking back as in essentially he kind of kicked to a point. Come off the DN and then tries to, to block the linebacker and with pistol. The running back in Gardena because he's stepping over. It looks like he's about to try to block this linebacker, and all of a sudden the DN's free that he's trying to chase the DN. And it's just like these things kind of keep happening. And then in the run game, same situation. Like you know, okay, we getting the guys up front. These are the the, the four defensive linemen. That, you know, guys are pinning, uh, making contact with these guys. But on the second level, there's not consistent. You know, you seeing guys get to the second level and push around the linebacker, which should be you know usually is drew up yeah. like that in every play. So it's like. What's the problem? You know, essentially, we've been talking about short yardage for the whole season. Is it the offensive line player? Are these guys just, you know, not capable? Are these guys playing bad? Or are they, are they missing things of that nature? 
is it the coaching? It's the coaching, you know, where are they watching this stuff in the film and not making a huge, uh, a big enough emphasis on these things or they're not practicing in these things. And when I look into it, when I, when I watch it, I say <laughs> it's almost a combination it's of both. Above. It's a, it's a combination of both. It's a combination of was essentially of a lack of experience. When you start talking about some of our guys, when you're talking about, you know, two first year starters at the tackle position with Fryer and Simmons, um, and then interior on the run, it's like, I just don't feel like, and obviously I'm not in practice, but I just don't feel that they practice enough just bread and butter downhill running plays that they just could run against any front. I mean, we just spoke about this again since before the season about having just, you know, you just have a, a couple of plays, you know, yep. whether it's inside run, inside zone rather, living a gap scheme, a power type of play where you're pulling some linemen, things of that nature, that you just run against any given front and you just pound it and everyone knows it. They know what to do against any look um, that they could just go out and execute these plays. And I feel like due to those things, lack of experience, identifying who you should have, who you're taking at the snap, lack of repetition when it comes to practice, going over these situations, knowing what to do. So when it happens in the game, even though everything happens faster once it happens yeah. in the game, you your instincts kind of kick in and you do the right thing. Yeah, it's like – like, So, I mean, obviously it's like, it's like the Kobe mid-range. Like, it don't matter what you do, you can't <laughs> stop this mid-range jump shot. Like, I'm just that good, you can't stop it. And I have all of the counters based on what you do to try to stop it. Like, we should – we are good enough at Ohio State to be like, okay, we're going to run power, we're going to run stretch – we're going to run whatever. And you can't stop it. And you're going to try a bunch of different things, and we have an answer for every single thing. And then, oh, by the way, we have the counter tool. We have the play-action fake when you add a guy to the box, and we got guys on the edge that's going to beat you deep. Now you're putting yourself in a, a, a difficult situation trying to really load up to stop this power run, to stop this, uh, this, this inside zone or whatever. And – we haven't been able to do it, and I, I, I think you're right, man. It's D. It's all of the above. Like, and they're going to have to figure it out because time is running out, out yeah. at this point. So, I don't – they got to get yeah. it figured out. They got to. Once again, like I said, we have um, Purdue this week, and, and then we go into Penn State. And a lot of times, like I said, we get into these games where I'm not going to call it lesser opponents, but we just know we have better talent, you know, better guys. We should have better guys doing this stuff. I feel like we kind of get in a situation where we're almost running. I'm not, I hate to say use the term trick play, but it's almost like, you know, we're trying to out scheme things where we can just kind of go out there, apply our will and make this easy play that we know to run, no matter guess what, make it look easy, get the first down and take it from there. Now, speaking of Purdue, we got Purdue on the road this weekend. Um, and it's funny, this is a, this is kind of a, I ain't going to call it a trap game. This is just a big game. I mean, because I got a stat line for you here, Chip. Stat line for you. Check this out. So, this century, so since the 2000, year 2000 and, you know, a little bit, 23 years, every coach at Ohio State has lost to Purdue on the road. So, start at the start of the century, you have Coach Cooper lost to Purdue on the road. During Trestle's tenure, he lost two times to Purdue on the road. And we was part of one of those losses. I think it's yeah, the 09 season. We, yep. we lost one there to uh, to Purdue. Uh, Luke Fickle, he's the coach for one year. He loses to Purdue on the road. Coach Urban Meyer and all his wins loses to, to – he lost one game to Purdue on the road. And now it's Coach Day's tenure. Obviously, he, you, know, you know, I think he hasn't played there maybe once or twice or so. Maybe not. 
there, but he hasn't lost there yet. But essentially, yeah. the history says eventually sometime in Coach Day's tenure, he might lose to Purdue on the road. Now, Purdue is not having the strongest year. I think they're only 2-4 and four the year. But we got to watch out for those guys, right? <laughs> yeah, so they're not having a strong year. And I think back to, what, what was it, 2009, maybe? When, I think when was, we lost uh, to him? When we lost to him. Yep, uh, yeah, it was 2-9. A weird, oh. It was a weird game. It was a weird mm-hmm. game. It had to be on nine because it was a, it was a it's a weird game. We were ranked high. They weren't. They weren't very good. Um, I felt like we, I felt like we were winning. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like we were winning the entire game because our defense was dominating us. It was. I got a pick. My man, my dog Devon Torrance got a pick. We over here celebrating, chest bumping, handshaking. We got our handshakes going, and we just never pulled away. And it's just, <laughs> it was, I. I got a pick, then we throw a pick. And it's like, yeah, oh, man, no, what's going on? I remember that game differently. So, it was a, uh, like you said, it was a weird day. I remember it was a it was a fall day. It was just gray and gloomy, right? Yeah. Yep. And I remember before the game, I'm t- I look over to uh, Reed Frago. This is So, Reed Frago eventually plays right tackle for Ohio State. By the time he was early in his career, he still was playing tight end at the time. And I remember looking on like, man, we got Purdue to Like, it's like a. Like a bad day. Like, it was a weird day. He kind of looked at me like, yeah, I kind of feel what you're saying. And then we go out there, offensively, we, we get smoked. Like, I mean, we can't get anything going. Um, I mean, and then obviously, like I say, Purdue they wasn't having the best record, but they had some talent on that defensive line. They had uh, Ryan Kerrigan. Kerrigan, who was a first-round draft pick. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the guy. They had another defensive tackle who played in the NFL for a lot of years. Um, but, I mean, they took it to us. Offensively. We couldn't get anything going, like you said. And uh, at the end of the game, it was just like I just remember, just like man, we went to Purdue and just like really, like they really took it to us. Like we 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 took that L on the chin offensively, especially up front. I recall. <laughs> it, and and the defensive coordinator for Purdue, current defensive coordinator for Cincinnati Bengals, was Lou Anarumo. Mm-hmm. Leonard Ruma was a defensive coordinator there. I know this because when I went to play for Miami, he was my position coach. And he said, yeah, I remember when you guys came up here and lost to us at Purdue <laughs> and your simple offense <laughs> was very predictable. <laughs> but I was like, we still should have beat y'all. Y'all just weren't good enough. But they, they did have a talented – they had some talented guys on that, that defense. Um, so we say that to say we can't overlook Purdue, especially when we're playing Purdue. At Purdue, I can't believe I'm saying it, but it's true. And West Lafayette, you got to be locked in. West Lafayette, Indiana, focus. It's probably gonna be a gloomy day. So, shout out there to our guys. Listen, lock in. Don't let the weather and all the outside noise and getting ready for Penn State kind of you know make this moment too 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 small for you. You know, step up to the plate, knock it out the park, start fast, beat Purdue, and uh, you know. Then we get ready for Penn State. But hey, as we like to end all our shows, we always like to end it with a nice Chris OH. I O. With a Go Bucks. And we'll catch you guys after we beat Purdue. That's right. Go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.